Welcome to a new episode of Connections to Experience. I'm your host, Penny Conway. Today we are talking with Google and Samsung to talk about the Chromebook in education. As many of you might remember if you're an educator, Chromebooks came onto the scene almost a decade ago and has transformed learning. Today we are tackling topics like student privacy, should they have privacy or should they not, as well as how is technology changing the way we teach and changing educators forever. Welcome to the podcast, Allie and Christine. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Why don't, Christine, why don't we start with you, a little introduction about yourself, uh, what you do, and what brings you to the podcast today. Sure. My name is Christine Nielsen. I work for Samsung, and I actually manage our Chromebook business um, in the U.S. The entire U.S.? Yes, the entire U.S. And I have a team of people that are wonderful and that support all our partners in those opportunities. You are a busy lady. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And Allie is returning to the podcast today, but why don't you reintroduce yourself for those just listening? Sure. My name is Allie Kondo. I am a channel account manager specifically for Chrome Education and Enterprise, and I cover PC Connection or Connection. Excellent. Blooper. Uh, Blooper. (laughs) Old habits die hard. Uh, So I'm excited to have both of you on because really when we look at uh, Samsung and Google or Chromebooks, Samsung was like the pioneer, right? First on the scene, first to deploy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We were. It was June of, I think, uh, 2011 when we launched the first Chromebook along with Google. Mm -hmm. And... I think the at the time it was, hey, all you need is web, right? right. And that's completely transformed with all sorts of different applications and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, Google Classroom and things like that, where today, um, you know, there's more and more school districts, right, issuing Chromebooks to their students um, on, a, on a regular basis. And, and that's just increasing year over year. Yeah, I I feel like you cannot walk into any sort of school classroom district without at least seeing a small stack of of devices. And that a lot a lot of that has to do too with when Samsung and Chrome came out with this about a decade ago. Like Christine was saying, it was to fix a problem that was in the education system at the time, which was they were changing all of the critical thinking and all of the ways that children were being tested throughout the country. And that was when kind of Common Core and Park testing came out. And so Samsung kind of came on the scene and they were like, well, we see that like the netbook is not, it's not, it's not doing what it needs to do. And um, other devices also were not fitting that need. And so we kind of came together, found this really great fit. And since then, we've just been improving the lives of educators and students, hopefully, uh, you know, across the country, because we were able to fit that need. But also then we saw all of these other needs that needed not necessarily fixing. I don't want to say fixing, but, you know, we just saw all these opportunities within the classroom and we saw all these opportunities with facilitators and with different staff throughout the the K through 12 districts that, hey, we could probably, you know, change 
things just a little bit. And if everybody had a Chrome device, then wouldn't it be easier for the teacher to be able to look into what the students are doing and vice versa? And people can share their their ideas and their projects and all those things a little bit easier. So right. through the last decade, we've, we've seen this enormous growth pattern with Chrome, but it really, really started with our partnership with Samsung about a decade ago. So it was really cool. Absolutely. It was funny. I read a statistic where it was negative 1% of the EDU market back in uh, 2012 actually had a Chromebook. And the latest statistics I heard that now over 66% of schools actually issue a Chromebook to their students. That's crazy, yeah. You know, and that was, you know, in... uh, 2018 and it just continues to grow it's it's amazing Mm -hmm. right and that's from what i understand a chromebook really has 60 percent of that share so 60 percent of that 66 (laughs) percent let me see how many sixes i can put in one (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that that's a pretty significant accomplishment in what was uh on a a past episode that we did we talked about disruptive technology Mm -hmm. and how uh, it's really a positive thing. It allows, uh, it, it sort of gives the keys of access for people to do things that they could never do before mm-hmm. and having technology be that conduit. And that's really what the Samsung Chromebook was, was a disruptive technology Absolutely. within education. Disruptive technology being something that is a positive, there of course are negatives to the positives. So it created you know, that space for standardized testing, um, for maybe some additional activities in the classroom, but certainly cons as well around student privacy and just how do we integrate? How do we use it? How do we make mm-hmm. it effective? I, there was a study in 2015 that was done, you know, about at the halfway point of technology being deployed saying, you know, maybe technology isn't actually improving the classroom. Maybe it's not actually increasing graduation rates. So where does, you know, Google and Samsung kind of combat, you know, for lack of a better word, or challenge that thinking, you know, around Mm. maybe the cons of privacy or adoption? So I can talk a little bit about adoption as far as like, are we really making a difference? Mm -hmm. And I would say there are always going to be places where the student necessarily isn't into the technology or isn't into what they're learning and they're not, you know, in a right place, maybe in their personal life where that is going to like move the needle for them. But the students and the faculty members that are able to really utilize the Google suite for education are really seeing these benefits hand over fist. I mean, they're able to see through a virtual classroom, uh, not only what their students are able to do individually, but as group projects, they're able to assign all of their um, pop quizzes they can do on the fly, they can do testing, but they can also just do regular homework and they can put all of their lesson plans up on like a stream, almost like a Facebook stream, but it's sold or solid purpose is to be within that classroom. So it gives them a real line of sight to each individual classroom, each individual child's needs, and it really zooms in on who's having a hard time, who's having you know an easy time. Maybe someone in the classroom needs to be challenged a little bit more. You know, Maybe those are the kids that get a little bit of extra work on the side because they know they need to be pushed mm-hmm. a little bit more. But it's also that really great lens to see what students need additional help. And I think, you know, that's big for us. Oh, yeah, I think that's huge. Um, one of the things I think is also really important about those tools, it allows teachers to not only communicate with the individual students, 
but also with parents. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and point. one of the things when you think about today, how busy everybody is, you know, we have a lot of, you know, single family homes and people are coming and going and never have enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. And it allows teachers to, you know, also be able to touch base with, I think, parents um, versus parents coming in, like parent-teacher conferences. Um, Google Classroom really has given them this tool to be able to reach out and have touch points uh, more frequently, mm-hmm. I think, than they would in the past when when we were growing up. So really, sure. the the I think all of the the hardware is is great, and we've seen the adoption, you know, spread on the hardware side. But then I think all of the additional all of the cloud applications and things like that that are enhancing the parent experience, the teacher experience, and the student mm-hmm. experience, that's really what has kind of made it really sticky within a classroom. Because hardware... Yeah. Hardware is hardware. Hardware is hardware, I mean, but wrapping everything around it actually yeah, makes it effective. If we're, if we're getting down to brass tacks, right? Like, yes, the Chrome device is great. It has a long battery life. It has, you know, all of these wonderful things. It's going to boot up really quickly. They won't have to worry about the IT settings. That being said, a device is a device. So, like, (laughs) I mean, I hate to say it like that, but, I mean, we make it affordable so that if a kid drops it off a table, they can get a new device. And that does happen. And so we make sure that that's available to the school district and it's affordable for them. And I know that in the past we've talked about, you know, what about schools who have really limited budgets? We really work really hard to make sure that there's a wide offering for those school districts. But it is. It's all of those other cloud offerings that we make at Google that it it opens up this much wider differentiated learning system to these teachers, to these students, and and guardianship for the parents, like Christine mm-hmm. was just saying. They can peek in, they can see, hey, my kid is doing their homework, or hey, my kid's not doing their homework. They can see grades. I mean, I know that that kind of go back, goes back to like when I was in high school, people were getting their report cards emailed home to them, but right, this, goes, <laughs> this goes even beyond that. And I think as a parent, you have to also figure out what you want your involvement to be. I mean, I know that there are going to be parents out there who are like every single assignment, they're going to look <laughs> at their kids' stuff and, and, and you right. know, be really on them. But there are also going to be the parents who trust their kid and make sure, you know, it's just a check-in. It's just a whatever. Right. Well, one of the things when we talk about check-ins and, and looking at your students, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of concerns around privacy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And what's being monitored, what's... It, I was actually... I was reading a, um, an article the other day that it was everything a student types, everything that they look at at a browser, any sort of... Which sounds so scary, in. right? It does. It sounds but, really scary. Right, right. And schools are having teams of people actually monitor their mm-hmm. emails, their chats, their web searching... And, you know, it's a regular 24-7. But I also heard that there have been several school incidents, you know, school shootings and things like that that have Mm -hmm. been prevented due to the fact that people saw different things, right? So I think with the... you know, with the negatives around, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're invading, you know, all the, the privacy, privacy yeah. um, there's some good that's come out of it also. You know, we say that these things like school shootings and bullying and things like that aren't a IT problem. It's not where it ever sat in terms mm-hmm. of 
creating a solution. But the truth is technology can yep. be a solution for those non-IT problems. For sure. And I think the more that we can look at those things that, yes, privacy is important and we want to make sure that our kids' information isn't out there in on the World Wide Web, mm -hmm. easily accessible by outside forces, but being able to have visuals of what's going on and what a student is saying, what a student is doing on that student or school-owned device yeah. can really prevent some major issues happening in the school system. Well, and I think Christine kind of nailed it when she said that the people who are looking at that information of all of those chats, of all of those emails, of all of that information are internal to the school. Right. right. They are not people who are just hired as like spies to, you know, <laughs> hang out on your school's network and like figure out what's happening within your student like body. It's, it's straight up the facilitators of the school. It's the principals of the school. It's people who are within that school district who have a stake in the school, who are making sure that kids are not being bullied. They're making sure that they're kind of nipping problems in the bud and they've taken this to a whole new level. And it's been really uh, inspiring, I think, to other school districts, too, who have Chrome, because really Google as a whole tries to make sure that their education is a community. And so if you have Google for Education, you're able to you know, go to your neighboring school district that also has Google for Education, and you can kind of bounce ideas off of each other, and that's really great. Yes. Um, and, and maybe those issues do come up, too. You know, If you were to have a council between a couple of different school districts and they were to say to themselves, hey, we're having this issue with with our kids like what do we what are what have you guys been doing how do you bring it up right well and I was just at a k-12 um, tech forum uh, in northern Illinois and there was 36 school districts there and these were exactly the topics that they were talking about how can you know we as um, teachers and facilitators better use this technology and um, and and how that applies I think really um, you know, in their own environment, but mm -hmm. also with neighboring schools and things like that. Thirty-six right? districts. Yes, it Whoa. was. It was really interesting. That's crazy. One of the things that when we're kind of talking about debunking or sort of mm -hmm. attacking what people say are the the cons is uh, you. There's a couple of competitors in this space. Like I said, you guys have sixty percent of the market. I think uh, Windows creeps up every year by a point per sure, point sure. of a percentage, and Whatever. then Apple who has kind of been lingering mm -hmm. in some school districts for a while. Um, but there's been some chatter, like, is there an issue with kids growing up on a single platform and only mm. knowing how to use that platform and what, you know, the most, Ali, we've talked before, I had experience with Microsoft and Microsoft's biggest mm -hmm. thing was, oh, when you get out into the workforce, you're not going to know how to use Word or Excel or a Windows machine. Mm -hmm. So is there... Um, it, how is no you know, opposite you used google and then you went into <laughs> yes, the you workforce use, you use google and then go into the workforce and you're using a, a windows platform yeah. but yeah kind of chat to that a sure. little bit because i is so, i think it's a little bit of a, a myth <laughs> I, it is a, yeah it is i mean like we were saying before in this conversation right it's not like google and chrome google chrome and like Samsung and our other OEM partners came on the scene and they were like, and now this is what we're doing. <laughs> Everyone has to use this. We came on the scene because we were filling a need that needed to be filled. Right. It right. wasn't like this, you know, like 
evil will conquer all. <laughs> right. Um, and We're going to learn everything about your children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be this like ever looming, like we will habituate your children and we will now only make them chrome. That's not true at all. It's It was really like, oh, testing. We need to be able to lock people out and we need to be able to lock those students into a test you know, situation. And we need it to be affordable. And we need it to be affordable yeah. and we need to be able to get, you know, like 40 at a whack. Um, right. That, that's what it was. It wasn't like, hey, we're now like indoctrinating your children yeah. into only having Chrome. Right. It just so happens that now Google Chrome has become this much bigger thing. And it's become bigger, I think, than they even imagined yeah. it to be originally. Totally agree. And like the glue, the, so we were talking a little bit about like classroom, right? It's a virtual classroom. They're able to do everything in it. That's not like, hey, you have to use this. But right. that being said, like Christine was just talking about how, you know, <laughs> like pencils and paper and having all these right. books and all of these textbooks and all that stuff. It's heavy. It's crazy. And if your teachers still want to do that, they are more than happy to do that. We hope that people have, you know, this mixed environment. And I know we've talked in past episodes about having a mixed environment, mm -hmm. um, but it comes down to brass tacks. Is that like Chrome <laughs> is just easy. Like it's just well, you having, guys, a, having a Chromebook. And you're, yeah, it's just convenient. It's convenient and it's, and it's easy. And I think that there is a, um, there can be a tremendous, cost to a school if they mm -hmm. are tr if they are now entrenched in a solution and they sort of rip that out and start at square one yeah well yeah. for sure <laughs> that's that's going to be though anything right i mean that's any solution that they put into a school district that's any networking you know what if their wi-fi goes out they have all of the wi-fi in their schools probably one specific thing right it's no different than that i don't think that we as a chrome institution are here to switch your kids to have robot brains. <laughs> I think that we're here to have an open conversation and help your kid learn as best that they can. Right. I mean, we talk about different types of learning. We talk about different types of schools. We talk about distance learning. I know in the past we were talking about, you know, what about schools that are possibly in a prison setting? Mm -hmm. What about schools right. that are, you know, Kids, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the Instagram, like the bucket list family. Those kids are all, oh my gosh, be, they're all over the world. They're all right? over the world. Right. I mean, they're getting homeschooled, but they all, you know, are using technology. It might not be Chrome, but they're definitely using technology to learn about the world, to be able to use different types of learning devices, learning tools to open these kids' minds and to really allow them to push the boundaries of what they were originally being taught and what their parents were being taught. Right. So I wouldn't necessarily say that that we are like conquering the world, but I think in general, I get it. <laughs> I mean, I guess we kind of are. I get no. it, but like, are we really? I think it's just changed the whole concept really of virtual learning. And right. it, it's little basic things. I mean, we're here in the Northeast. Think about all the snowstorms that we mm -hmm. get. Um, you know, in Denver, where I'm from, um, we have similar issues. And now having this technology, if it's a snow day and mm -hmm. the schools are closed, teachers are able to, you know, actually yeah. send, you know, all their homework and the kids can be productive at home, mm -hmm. um, even though they're not you know, going into the classroom that day. I mean, it just changed the way 
I think everybody is learning and yeah, it's, so it's amazing. It's changed so much. It is. So now that you, now that you kind of have a lot of the share and you have a lot of schools that have deployed technology, this is sort of that, I think, natural settling period where you got all the devices in, you're maybe going through a couple of refreshes every mm -hmm. few years, but now there's this it's going to slow down the rate is slowing down i think um you know the projection for the year we just closed was like a two year uh two percent increase mm -hmm. in technology sales for k through 12 just because we hit that point of if you wanted to deploy chromebooks or windows devices whatever it might be you probably have already done sure. it at this right. stage so how do we how are you keeping schools interested how are you are what kind of you know we say the hardware is just the hardware but everyone loves new hardware and new cool things and uh, shiny right, things. Don't we? Oh. well and they have come a long way right that's one of the things that you know i think samsung has evolved over time just like the competition where when a student was issued a chromebook it was just the basic clamshell um, small um, screen, you know, just your basics. Mm -hmm. And now we've switched to where there's all sorts of different devices, uh, two-in-one, so it can be used like a laptop as well as a tablet. They have the, the pen or the stylus for drawing, uh, front rear camera, right? I mean, there's so many different features and functionalities that we've added to Chromebooks over time. Sure, we have the basic models, right? But when you talk about faculty and teachers um, and, you know, high schoolers, um, there's different, um, different form needs. factors, yeah. right, um, depending on the age group. I mean, there's even not Samsung, but there's new Chrome tablets out there, right, for mm -hmm. the little ones. And, um, you know, they're a third of the cost that an iPad mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. be. So, you know, as, as the... I think the digital learning has evolved, so has all the hardware. Right. One of the things, too, I think, um, Google opening up um, in 2017 the ability to be able to use Android apps yeah. was That's huge. A big one. That is yeah. a big one. It was really big because I think I just read there's 2.9 million different uh Android apps yeah. available. And so not only do you have the whole Google platform, mm -hmm. but it opens up all these different Android apps, right? Yes. Um, so it's just a, a larger ecosystem. Truly. And and just kind of like touching on that a little bit, I, I had read kind of going back to like making sure that there's, we're talking about the pros and we're talking about the cons of everything, you know, giving that full circle, that full bodied um view right i don't i don't want to be experience experience mm -hmm. we don't want to be like totally biased towards our stuff because we're like <laughs> yes we're the best we're number one um but i mean there is a statistic out there um you know that 71 percent of teachers attribute workplace stress to the adoption of new initiatives and that's wow that's yeah wow that's a lot it's I a lot right that. It's a They love the children. They hate the initiatives. They hate the initiatives, <laughs> which I get though, right? Like if you're just handed a, a notebook or right. a Chromebook and then you're just told like, here you go, that's a huge learning curve that right. not only you have to learn, but now you have to teach your student. That's and what, what if I your student- stunning is you have to learn, like you're expected yeah. to use it to teach your students and a it's lot crazy. of these teachers don't even it's know how crazy. to use it themselves. Yeah. So like you were just saying, Penny, right? You have a two-year-old. Your two-year-old probably knows how to unlock your phone. Yep. She probably knows how to take pictures. She knows how to send those pictures. She can get into Snapchat. I'm positive of that. And that's just because it's intuitive, right? Yeah, right. She just knows how to do it. Today. But 
think of that in a classroom setting where like the kid probably knows everything about right. that Chromebook within like two seconds and the teacher reversal. is like, what am I right. doing? <laughs> so we, like Christine just said, in 2017, we opened up all of those Android apps in the Google Play Store for Chrome specifically. We wanted to make sure that students and teachers were able to use what they already knew. That way we could help lessen that blow. Mm -hmm. But what we're also trying to make sure that um, school districts understand is that we do have services provided through Connection, through Google, through all of our OEM partners to help ease that transition. So we don't want to just rip and replace and make sure that people get it right away. We know that's not going to happen. So we do have services out there for education providers, for school districts to go through a professional development days, because we also know that they have to have professional I development days. Yep, right. So we're trying to make sure that that transition for them is eased and that hopefully that 71% goes down because if I went into a classroom and my teacher was super stressed out, then I'm super stressed out as the student because I'm just like, I don't know what I did. You know, like it, it's a real flow. You see someone being stressed out, then you kind of adopt that that feeling and you automatically kind of embody what somebody else has around you. Well, not only that, is there is there um, is learning being sacrificed because right. you have this learning curve on the teacher side of right. trying to figure out how to input assignments, create assignments. Right. And so if they're trying to actively adopt the technology, it's hard, it's hard to it's hard. do both. And then, or you have some that just revert back to, I'll do it the way I've always done it because right. I, I'm sacrificing right. my learning time. So we kind of go back to this. Well, you know, are we indoctrinating students or whatever? You know, are we habituating this like technology in the classroom? I don't think that we are because of the leaps and bounds that we've made with technology for the classroom mm -hmm. and within the classroom. But we're also talking about what types of devices are out there to ease that transition, right? Samsung just launched their newest Chrome series, and it's meant to ease that transition. It's giving all of these new features to a classroom that, you know, they, they were the inventors. They they created it. They came on the scene with it originally. And now they're back and they're saying like, hey, no, we understand. We took the time to, to take all these pieces and, and collect them and see what you were having issues with, what you were requesting the most. Mm -hmm. And now we're coming out and we have this new device for you. So throughout all of our OEM partners and within Google themselves, we're trying to help that transition, help ease that you know anxiety level for facilitators who are just kind of handed this and they don't know what they're talking about. Excellent. So you mentioned you have real quick, I'll let you have a uh, 15 second plug on your new product. <laughs> the, Go, Christine. Go. You have the Samsung 4 and 4 Plus. So real quick, you know, right. we talked about all the benefits um, of what Google and Samsung are doing within the classroom, um, busted some of the myths. So now that we're talking about uh, the point of refresh where, you know, you've got the technology, you're using the technology. Now, how do we make it the best experience? What's going on with the four and four plus? Well, for the first time, Samsung actually rolled out a 15.6 inch. That's our four Whoa. plus. Yeah, that man. is pretty cool. Yeah. One of the things, you know, the, it's always been a smaller form factor yeah. geared toward the students, you know, at 11 or 12 inch model. And so now there's a, a larger form factor, which I think is great for teachers yeah. and facilitators, right? Administrators, uh, as well as for the bigger kids, right? Um, and, you know, high mm -hmm. school, um, we're, we're so used to, 
I think, you know, starting out with these smaller devices, but we really think this new form factor is, is great for, you know, a different audience yeah. within the school. And so we offer a variety of um, different devices, um, you know, depending on, on what a school district is actually looking for. Excellent. I love that. So um, if the team here or we've got listeners here mm -hmm. um, want to get in touch with your team, what's the best way to reach out to you guys? I think the best way to reach out to us is make sure that you are reaching out to your account manager at Connection first yes. and foremost. Um, they know our information, so they will loop us in to the conversation. We're happy to you know get on calls and speak to this more in depth. Um, I'm, you know, always happy to have this conversation with customers, with account managers alike, just because I think it's important information and there's just so much out there that it's hard to always be able to narrow in. So if people want to reach out to us, definitely reach out to your account manager at Connection first and foremost. Excellent. So I'm, we're going to coin you guys the um, Chrome Mythbusters because <laughs> uh, I, I think we, we tackled some of those big things that, that yeah. people, those myths that people have around privacy, um, indoctrination. I think that mm -hmm. was a great word to use um, and just general adoption of the solution for, for teachers mm -hmm. uh, across classrooms. So thank you uh, both so much for visiting the podcast today. Like Ali said, if you have questions, reach out to your connection account manager um, or find us at www.connection.com. You can also email us at podcast or podcast at connection.com. And on whatever platform you're listening on today, please remember to like us and leave us a comment to let us know how you like today's episode. Thanks guys so much for joining. It was so much fun. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much.